0: Complete this sentence in your own heart, in your mind, and think about it, and then I want you to share it. It is, I feel I can really be me when. I feel I can really be myself. Like, I am the most, whoever you are, when I am blank. What is that time? What are you doing? Where are you at? Who is with you? Think about that. Got it? Now I want you to share it with a couple people. Stand up and just mix up real quick. We get some other chairs out here, but just tell a couple people like, "I am really myself when this is happening." All righty. How many guys said, "I am really me when I am with a friend? If you mention a friend, let me see. How about "I am really me when I'm with my family? A little more? How about I am really me when I'm, anybody say when I'm by myself, like, (laughs) I'm drawing, I got people doing, like, music, whatever, right? And what I want you to do is I just want you to pocket that real quick. I want you to take inventory of the feeling of what it's like to actually be who you are. And I also want you to also put a side note in, have you guys ever like felt like, man, I am totally out of my element right now. You guys ever feel that way? You're like uncomfortable and you're like, just get me out of here. I am so uncomfortable. I can't be me. This is not who I am. I'm doing the things I don't normally do. Anybody, can I get any little sympathy hands there, right? Anybody feel that way, amen? So I want you to put those two things in context as we read And I'm excited for for tonight because I want to share with you what the Lord's been putting on my heart for this year. And the Lord has been so great because he's been revealing scripture to us about our group year after year. And our very first one was Ezekiel 47 and it's the story of like this river that's coming out of the tabernacle and and the water depth. And it talks about people wading at different degrees into the water, first to the ankle deep and then the knee deep and the thigh deep, waist deep, and then deeper before you can't even stand in it. And that was the word for our group that the Lord was taking us into an ankle-deep ministry further and further in. And then last year, it was Matthew 9 about new wineskins. The Lord was revealing to us about us shedding the the former ways in which we would do ministry and how we would try and manufacture Jesus through events and and tricky promotions and things. And, And God revealed to us that we need to shed that because his outpouring is greater than our ability to be clever that we will never draw people to Jesus by a clever scheme and event, any of that stuff. It has to be his presence. And so last year was all about, Lord, strip us of our old wineskins, give us a new wineskin. And so I wanna weave us through the story of, of the disciples on the road to Emmaus and Jesus encountering them. And I wanna give you the word I believe the Lord has for us this year. So if you have your Bible, we're gonna take this little verse by verse, starting in verse 13 chapter 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them, this is to the disciples, or the apostles, sorry, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were there conversing with each other about all the things that had just taken place. And just a little pause here, I didn't read the context, so it is now the third day. Jesus was crucified, buried, everybody is walking around all sad. It's a miserable sight. Jesus has been crucified. Their, their, their friend, their brother, their king has been crucified, he's dead. And it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. Everyone say, with them. And I want to use this metaphor, this, this entire scripture passage, it's about 13 verses here, to illustrate where we are at as a community and a group and what Jesus is doing amongst us. And the first thing is that Jesus always comes alongside us. I don't care where you're going, where you've been, Jesus always comes and meets us exactly where we're at. He never calls us from a distant place. It's amazing that that we live life and, and we have so many complex things and no matter where we go, Jesus will always come alongside us. The most attractive voice of Jesus is when it is the one right next to us, not calling us from afar. And it's amazing because he comes alongside us oftentimes without us ever even knowing we'll see, keep going. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Sometimes we encounter Jesus face to face and we have no idea. We had one of our customers uh, for our software business and he actually was one of our first customers for races and things. And uh, I got a text from Ashley this weekend and he and his wife were walking through Incline Village in Tahoe and was struck and killed by a drunk driver. And so this this was one of our biggest customers and he had all these races, all these transactions going through this crazy stuff. And so we have all this money coming in on his behalf and and he and his wife are both gone. And so Ashley tracks down through Facebook stalking different people, finds the, the father and calls the father. She calls him, and he answers the phone crying. Ashley just, you know, loses it. So we start talking about, you know, what can we do? Obviously, we can do anything we can, but, you know, all the pastors are gone. He has no corporate information. He has nothing to, to go off of. Both his son and his daughter-in-law have both been killed. And Ashley and I were texting back and forth, and, and at that moment, she was Jesus to him. We need to know that oftentimes that life will weave us where we are the manifest Jesus to somebody else amongst us. And likewise, sometimes Jesus is ministering to you through other people. But sometimes our eyes cannot recognize and cannot see it, but Jesus is so great, so wonderful, He comes along and he ministers to us without us ever even being able to acknowledge or see. Let's keep going. And he said to them what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened in these days? And he said to them, what things? Now this could be the single instance in the entire Bible where I have ever found where Jesus plays dumb, right? Yeah, he like comes alongside and it says he's been traveling with them, listening to them, and all of a sudden he's like, so what are these things? I mean, surely he knew what was going on. But why would Jesus know and yet ask? And I think there's an important truth here is that sometimes Jesus wants us to reveal what's in our hearts. Rather than Jesus telling us what we should feel, I think that Jesus gives us so much grace in asking us, wanting to reveal what is already in our heart about him. He wants to reveal the hope and the glory that he has implanted within us. So I believe in his mercy. Sometimes we go through life and we're like, Jesus, why? And I think that the, the cry of our hearts to come out. Jesus already knows everything, But sometimes the significance of our voice, of our hearts coming forth, makes all the difference. And your personal acknowledgement, your personal acknowledgement is essential to your personal transformation. Your personal acknowledgement is essential to your personal transformation when it comes to Jesus. Let me put it this way. You will never have a personal transformation without your prior agreement. How about that? You will never be transformed without you agreeing to be transformed. But Jesus will transform you by prodding the question out and revealing the heart. And when he sees the heart and and you acknowledge it and you're in agreement with it, that's when the transformation takes place. Because Jesus is not a drill sergeant. He's not get down and give me 20. He's not doing any of that stuff. But he is gently asked to reveal what's in our heart. And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word and in the sight of God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping, everyone say we, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb this early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had also said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Notice how it started by, but we had hoped. There's a powerful dichotomy between our hopes and intentions when we read the word and what Jesus says about it. There's a difference between what we want to hope for when we look at the scripture and maybe we, we can twist the scripture to be our liking. And it's interesting because Jesus says he used all the scriptures, all the prophets to justify himself. And we can read the Bible but we can miss it. That's why at this point they didn't have the, the Holy Spirit. We kinda gotta give the you know, disciples some slack. You know Jesus is like kinda like, you know, reprimands them, like, oh, you foolish men, how long do I need to be with you? You know, like, anytime he rebukes somebody in the Bible, it's, like, kind of harsh. You're like, dang, Jesus, aren't you, like, you know, mellow out here? But we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Hebrews 1 tells us that, that God in the Old Testament used to speak through prophets, but now he speaks directly to us. The Bible also tells us we have the mind of Christ. We are God's temple. He dwells within us. And so we have something that when we read the scripture, we have a discerning ability to understand the difference. When we ask the Holy Spirit to give us revelation to understand about the scriptures, he's gonna do it because Christ lives in us, that's the power. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit. This is great, this is where it gets good. And they approached the village where they were going and he acted as though he would go farther. He acted as he would go farther. Why would it say that? Why would it say he acted that he would go farther? And the important thing is to know that since Christ dwells within us, he's never absent. But what do they do? It says they urged him, saying, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over and he went in to stay with them it's important that we know the significance of our personal invitation to Jesus. When Jesus comes alongside us, begins to to travel with us, gives us understanding, converses with us, there's a point where we need to acknowledge him and make a personal invitation for him. It says they urged him. That his encounter was so profound that they said, Jesus, you have to stay, you have to go with us. Let me me put it to you in this, this context. Do you ever wanna be attending something you weren't invited to? Do you you wanna be somewhere where you're not welcome? How about this? How about um, there's a big party going on tomorrow night, right? And you weren't invited, but you stumble across the person who's throwing the party and be like, oh, you, yeah, I mean, like, I I sent the, you know, message on Facebook, you surely should've gotten it, right? And you're like, you know, do you wanna go? No because you weren't invited. How much do you wanna go to something where you weren't thought of, weren't included, weren't invited to? And Jesus, right here in this moment, he gives us a a powerful illustration where he comes along, he gives us knowledge about who he is. Remember, he revealed himself in all the scriptures, the greatest messianic teaching in history was right there. And then he's going forward and the apostles at this moment urge him to come with them And the personal invitation matters. The personal invitation of your life into Jesus. Jesus, I invite you into my life, into my work, into my relationship. The personal invitation matters. We have a habit of adding Jesus as a topping onto our life. Did you know that? We're like, just sprinkle a little Jesus on this. It'll just be all good. I'm gonna steal, but I'm gonna put, you know, the donations back to Jesus from the prophets I get. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Jesus is not glorified by that. There needs to be a point where we have the ability to look at every detail of our life and be, Jesus, there's no places that are off limits to you. I invite you into this circumstance. I don't care if you're in the middle of fornicating and you're like, Jesus, come save me. It doesn't matter. That was really awkward. It's the first thing that came to me. Maybe it convicts one of you guys. I don't know. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter. The personal transformation in your life has to come from your agreement and has to come from your invitation. Are you with me? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the personal transformation has to come from your agreement and your invitation. I'm like walking around flipping pages here and here we go. And they urged him saying, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. This is the best part. And when it came about that he had reclined at the table, he took the bread and blessed it and began breaking it. He began giving it to them. Jesus, this could be the only verse in all the Bible where Jesus like kicks back and relaxes. This right here is where Jesus becomes really who he can really be. Jesus is comfortable at this point, are you with me? Jesus is comfortable enough with the personal invitation, with the knowledge, with the relationship, with the invitation that now he can be who he wants to be. He can be Jesus. He reclines at the table. He got cozy. He kicked off the sandals. He, you know, maybe loosened the robe. He, he threw away the lamb that was on his chest or something. I don't know. But he got comfortable with the apostles. And at that moment, something amazing happens. He took the bread and blessed it. Now, let me put this in a, in a context for you. Let's say you invite some somebody over for dinner, and all of a sudden, when like dinner's on the table, your guest stands up and blesses it and begins serving you. Wouldn't that be kind of weird, you're like, this is not according to plan, you know? Like, at that moment, Jesus became himself and he began to feed his guests. When we come into understanding of Christ and his word, we have the knowledge, we invite him into our presence, we invite him into our life. He is able to become who he wants to be, who he is, his nature. He becomes comfortable, and then he begins to feed us. Are you with me? Every area of your life, I challenge you to ask is Jesus comfortable? Is Jesus comfortable in every area of your life? Are there do not enter zones? Are you you telling Jesus this is the role that you play over here? Can Jesus really be who Jesus wants to be in your life? That is the big truth for tonight. Because if he can't be who he is, he's not gonna do the things that we expect him to do. He's not gonna sound like we have heard that he sounds. He's not gonna speak identity and, and love over us when we put Jesus into a corner just like that awkward dinner guest or the awkward guest to a party who wasn't invited, we can't expect that person to be themselves. But when we have the invitation out, when we make space to have Jesus be comfortable to be who he really, really is, then we experience the power. Now how can it be that there's a billion Christians and so much need in the world? How can there be so many Christians, so many people filling the walls of the church, and yet the church is powerless? Except for some radical people you hear. And I might be overstating that a little bit, but I, I look and I, I see that we, we build buildings and we fill them. And we look at the needs of the world, we look at the lives of the people. And I, 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 if I hear of another Christian friend who has a, a, another divorce or cheats on his wife or has a huge moral failure, but uh, the whole entire time is professing the transformation work of Jesus, I'm gonna gouge my eye out with a spork. I just, I don't get it because the Jesus that really can transform has to be in every area of your life. He has to have dominion, It has to be able to be himself and I would suggest to you the reason that we have stale Christianity, the reason that we have stale Christians, the reason that we have need and we have all the things that are, are, are in the midst that, that go on overlooked that the Christians should be looking forward is because Jesus, is not comfortable being Jesus in our lives. Can I get an amen? Because if Christ lives in us, man, we're doing a poor job on a, a grand scale for the work of a billion Jesuses out there in the world. Because a billion Jesuses acting in the fullness, being who he is, we'd have a lot of different things going on. But we settle. Because we have it the other way around. We wanna be comfortable. We wanna be comfortable and we say, Jesus, right there, it's like an accessory. You say, I want just a little bit of that and I'll round up my life. I want a, I want a little something to do on you know, a Friday night or a Thursday night or something and I'm gonna add a little Jesus here. But it's awesome because it doesn't matter where we are Each of us, we can be either ankle deep in our faith or we can be over our heads. It doesn't matter. Wherever we're at, Jesus is right there to come alongside us at every turn. And the cycle repeats. He gives us understanding to who he is. He goes with us. And then there's a point where you have to invite him into those areas that he's revealed to you. And it came about when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and began breaking it and he began giving it to them. And their eyes were open and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. It's awesome. Their eyes were open, and they recognized him. I don't know about you, about you guys, but I wanna recognize Jesus in this place. There's something about about the metaphor here for us, where these two apostles were with Jesus the entire time but never saw him. I feel that Jesus is here every week, but I want to see him. I want to see Jesus as he really can work. I want to see Jesus and all the things that he really does. I don't want to look at the Bible and, look with, and read a story and be skeptical and see that that is so foreign. Do <laughs> you ever read the Bible and you read the things that Jesus does and you're like, man, that is so weird. It's so odd. It's so other. Shouldn't that like strike us? If that is the living God that's in us, shouldn't some of these things become normal? But Jesus is uncomfortable. Jesus isn't comfortable in, in the places we put him. He needs to recline. And when he reclines, he begins to feed. About a year ago, in the new wineskins, we, we began to look at what we were doing and we just said, Jesus, if we have worship, we have worship. If we have a teaching, we have a teaching. We're like, I don't know, we're up for whatever. I want to communicate, communicate to you guys tonight is I believe that we are in this process. Just reiterate the process that Jesus comes alongside, he gives understanding, we invite him, he reclines, gets comfortable, and he's revealed, physically revealed. I feel that we are right in the place where we are asking Jesus come in. We're right at the position where now we're saying, Jesus, you, you have come alongside us. You have given us your word. You've given us such powerful revelation of the scriptures. We've had amazing teachings, amazing moments here tonight. And we are asking Jesus, come closer. Stay with us. And it's probably since about April or May. I don't know, maybe Sean can give me a little indication. But there was a, a few nights where we, we, we physically noticed in the air that Jesus was different. That there was a different power, there was a different spirit, there was a different strength in the room, there was something, something new. And so for week on and week out, we just said, Jesus, don't let that leave. Don't let that leave, let that stay. And we've been in that week in and week out. And I think that this year, we're gonna go from individuals having personal encounters, I really believe that if, if we are in this mindset to make Jesus comfortable, we are gonna have Jesus do corporate moves in us. I'm tired of, of having the, the church discourage my faith. Are you? I feel like we're almost like a, a, a car, you know? And it, it, we, we look on the, like the steering column and we know it's got like seven gears or six gears, you know? But we're like only in third and we, we can't get to that fourth gear. And I believe that it's it's because... When we come with a mindset, we, we come with a mindset expecting Jesus, we expect his power and his move corporately. And what's, what's on my heart is to see this over the past almost three years now, this shift take place in here. And we've seen a shift from the, the people who are, are personally transformed, that they're moving, there, they're alive, they're like, you know, you're not talking to Christian people who are always depressed and have a miserable life. You're like, what gives? Like, you got Jesus. Why are you so terrible? I don't want your life. To like, whoa, tell me how your life is the way it is and the answer is Jesus. That's what's happening. And there's enough of you in this room and you all know who you are. Where now you are setting the table for the guests that come in. If you're a first time guest tonight, love to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome? Yes. Don't embarrass you guys. They're right there. Um, If you would have come two years ago, a year ago, it's a much different atmosphere here. And the most famous thing about us, I mean, we've done stupid things. We we memorialize them all right here. We do stupid things all the time, but we are most famous for our people. And there's something about your lives that is attractive to other people. Because what they are doing is they're sensing a comfortable Jesus in many of you. And that is attractive not because we have amazing worship leaders and and music, and not because we do events or because Dave's here, like it's not any of those reasons. It's because that Jesus is becoming more and more of who he really wants to be. So I challenge you right now. In your life, is Jesus comfortable? Is he comfortable? Is he really the Jesus of the Bible in your life? Or is he playing a part that you've written for him? Is Jesus maybe like a cross you wear on a necklace? Is Jesus like the Sunday X on your calendar? Is he a milestone in your growing up? Like I grew up like knowing Jesus and like going to church and all those things. It was just kinda like, oh yeah, sweet. You know, church again, right on. You know, maybe we can get some grape juice afterwards or something, you know? <laughs> But it was, it was later when, when Jesus suddenly took over and having him really be who he wants to be in me has been the, the largest challenge and growth of my life. I just want you to just be silent real quick and just take inventory. In every area of your life, if Jesus was suddenly to be revealed, all of a sudden physically present Would he be like, oh yeah, this is exactly, I'm exactly who I want to be and I'm exactly who I can be amongst you. I'm going to call the band up here. I'm going to close and I just want to give you a couple thoughts. I'm in this to win it. The only thing that matters to me, the only thing that matters is Jesus' presence here. It's, it's, It's the only thing that we're here for. No one's got a job to lose, no one's got anything to gain. The only thing we have to gain is to transform people, and if we transform people, we transform cities. If we were able to examine ourselves and really get serious, really say, Jesus, I want the encounter, I want the presence, Lord, I want the full Monty, I want it all in my life. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And sometimes that requires you to ask the tough questions of yourself. Sometimes that that requires you to make some tough decisions in your life. But just like here, we're seeing a majority shift the majority will always dictate the rules for everybody else coming in. And if, if you're surrounding yourself with people and circumstances that, that pull you down, you'll never get that transformation that you want. But if, if your mindset is to surround yourself and to be where Jesus is at and embrace the presence, embrace being affected by what he's doing, then you will, you'll see your life change you'll begin to to seem more and more like Jesus and that's what we want. We want to open up the word and have revelation about how Jesus can transform people, transform nations, transform the world. But we need to be able to harness and to be able to to hone into that and we need to have Jesus recline in the hearts of our lives and be in every area. And when the majority mindset of our gatherings are Jesus encounters, We will have them. I mean, I look around in worship time and and we're about to play like my favorite worship song ever here in a second. And I look around and I see Jesus like all over people. Like he's just like ruined that person over there. And you're like, yes. (laughs) And so, so Jesus will minister to each one of us here. Individually, Jesus will begin to move in the hearts and he'll begin to, to move you. and people are crying or maybe people are dancing or something. But there's gonna be a shift where there's enough people having personal individual encounters where suddenly the corporate encounters will happen as well. Because that's what is gonna be demanded of the audience, of the group. And when we have that mindset, when we have that ability to say, Jesus, everything that you want to do, we just release and we're, we're totally out of control here. That is when the dinner guest becomes the host. That is when Jesus takes over. I want to be in, in, in an environment in, in an evening where we just look back and we're like, wow, Jesus took over. <laughs> and I believe that we can. Not because we're going to orchestrate it or legislate it or create a program and say this is the Jesus night or anything like that. But it becomes from awareness, each one of us and every single heart and every single mind to have a mindset that Jesus will be comfortable, that he will be who he is in my life. I will stop placing him in a box and telling him how to be Jesus in my life and I'll let him be who he wants to be. And when all of us do that, man it'd be exciting. And what's the worst that can happen, right? I can't even think of something silly to say. Nothing! And I want you guys all to stand. I just want you to put your hand on your heart. Lord, we just have hands on hearts right now, just, Lord, all of this room. Lord, you've given us this community. You've given us this, this place in which we come and, Lord, we, we throw together a service. And, Lord, I pray that you would just would take control over every heart right now to be in total surrender. Total surrender, Lord, you, you reside, you live right beneath the palms of every hand of this room. Lord, we, we pray right now that you would take the driver's seat from the heart and begin to transform inside out. Lord, we would live lives worthy of the name of being called a Christian. Lord, we are tired of having the label a Christian to mean a meaningless hypocrite. Uh, help me out here. Hypocritical. Oh, Lord, give me better language. <laughs> to be hypocrites and hypocritical. And to be powerless, Jesus, we just ask that you would just take over. Lord, we want the word Christian to have power. We want the word Christian to mean something. Lord, we pray for just total surrender right now in our hearts. God, I believe that there are are things that you're revealing right now to our hearts about places, God, where you cannot recline. You cannot be who you are. God, we just repent right now corporately for trying to place Jesus into a box of of something, an idea, and a picture of who he is not. Lord, we repent of trying to tell you how you should be God and say, Jesus, take over. Lord, you have every detail of us, every You have all knowledge, you have all understanding, God, only you can reveal to us, Lord, personally in our lives what needs to take place. God, I just sense that there are relationships that are closed off from you. God, there are are circles and cliques and relationship hubs where you are closed off, where you're a stranger. God, I also feel that there's shame at the name of Jesus of many lives in front of friends and family. Lord, forgive us for being ashamed of you in our life. And we just say, yes, Jesus. Lord, life is is but a wind, and we are here today and gone tomorrow. Lord, let us not to live a meaningless existence. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this, it'd be okay if we can like just keep this song going for a little bit. This, this song is so good. <laughs> but I wanna invite you guys up and we'll have a couple prayer partners here. If the Lord had laid something specific on your heart, there is something powerful about your personal invitation to Jesus into that issue tonight. We must look at right now that Jesus is on the road right now with you. And you have a moment. If if the Lord puts something in your heart, in your mind right now, you must understand that Jesus is waiting for you to acknowledge and to invite him in. The personal invitation matters. Just like the apostles, the personal invitation matters. Jesus didn't go into that house by himself. So I wanna challenge you, if if your hand is on your heart and the Lord just like gave you one thing, two things, it doesn't matter, anything, I wanna encourage you guys, don't be afraid to come into agreement with prayer and just ask Jesus to be who he really can be in that area. And we're gonna walk you through and invite Jesus into that area. It doesn't matter if you're saved or not yet. We'll get you saved too. But the personal transformation is what matters.